0: Imagine suddenly without warning being forced into quarantine so you don't contaminate your family. Imagine suddenly without warning you no longer have access to your normal emotional comforts. Imagine suddenly without warning you have to give it to yourself. Imagine suddenly without warning you go from invincibility to sheer panic in one week. This is my story on how coronavirus saved my life. How Coronavirus Saved My Life, Episode 17, The Assumption. Albert Einstein said, Assumptions are made and most assumptions are wrong. We all make assumptions about people we know or don't know all the time. We make assumptions about friends, family, co-workers, our children, strangers, people from different cultures. Sometimes we do this consciously or unconsciously. We all have bias and assumptions about different races, cultures, families, money, education, politics, work ethic, religion that are usually not even true. Assumptions are our beliefs that something is true without any proof. These untrue beliefs usually stem from our childhood programming passed down from generation to generation. Intertwined with race, religion, culture, money, education, politics, what kind of assumptions do you make about others? Does your assumption change if the race changes? What assumptions are made within your own race and culture? The antidote to assumptions is asking questions with authentic listening. The purpose of today's episode is to shed light on assumptions that are often made about the African-American community outside the culture and often within. So today I've brought back my friend Sandra, who I interviewed last week, and I found her story from beginning to end and all the details in between truly eye-opening, fascinating, provoking, and more questions. So, Sandra, thank you today for coming on my show again. I appreciate you coming back again to answer all these questions.
1: I'm so glad to be here with you today again. We had a good yes. conversation. and It would be nice to continue that.
0: Yes, yes. I, 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 I love that I have um, so many friends from all different race backgrounds, cultures, and, um, you know, different families, countries, um, because you know, I love asking questions. And I was actually thinking earlier, I was like, I love that my friends allow me to ask questions because that what that has done over the years is built trust. Like I can trust people and also created safety. Like it's safe for me to ask questions because in my childhood programming, it was never safe to ask questions. There was always a consequence. So, you know, I didn't ask questions. So, I would, um, you know, how I was feeling would come through my behavior, whatever kind of behavior I would be having. That's how I would express myself, you know, ask questions to myself. But, um, I, I thought our interview last week was just so profound and, um, it was just so many things that eye-opening things. But one thing that, um, I don't know if you remember this conversation we had a few years ago in my backyard was, um we were talking about the topic of being light skinned and how that is looked on and I'm not saying everyone in the African American community, but it's looked as, as a status quo, like the, the, the different shades of color, there's a status quo. Can you explain that to me, that assumption? What is that?
1: Well, it's colorism Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. Um, where within a community, that lighter-skinned people are considered uh, to have more privileges, um, to be considered um, more uh, acceptable, basically. Maybe prettier, maybe um, can get better jobs, things like that. So it's something that exists in the African-American community, but but it, it also exists in, in other um ethnicities um as well so it's not just the african-american community but it is something that does exist um some people still kind of fall in this category where they think that if someone is lighter skinned that they um are more approachable or are not ones who would be criminals things like that the ridiculous things um but they do exist
0: Mm-hmm. and yeah. it, so you're would you are you considered to be light-skinned or lighter skin like what is the what are you considered
1: yeah I'm considered to be more of a lighter-skinned person so I'm, as a child I was very light-skinned as I've gotten older I've gotten a little bit darker um but I had a sister who was dark-skinned and then my other siblings, my brother and another sister, who were lighter. I was the lightest of the whole family, so I don't know how my darker-skinned sister, you know, actually felt. But there was definitely a distinction um, when it came to compliments from relatives, um, friends, things like that. It would say, "Oh, you're so pretty," and then. You know, my sister. They would be like, "Oh, you know." So, mm-hmm. as a child, I didn't recognize that. I just took the compliment. So I, I didn't even recognize the fact that it it could have been a light skin, dark skin thing. I didn't even think anything about that because that's just my experience. I was getting um, compliments, and I liked compliments. Um, I like for people to to say you're so cute and things like that. Mm-hmm. But then my older sister, she seemed to have developed some sort of complex. And of course, I didn't know where it came from when it came to attractiveness. Mm. So that particular issue is not just my family. Um, that runs the gambit across several families where people would make fun of people who were darker skinned. Call them really? Names. Oh, yeah. They would call them names. Um tell them how black they are you so black you're this you're so black you're that you know you blacker than tar all kinds of things that mm-hmm. were very hurtful and mm-hmm. it was even done in jest that they would poke at someone's color but it i can imagine that that still did not feel good right even if it, they were joking or just having a good time with each other to be told mm-hmm. that all the time when you are a dark-skinned person that could affect someone's psyche
0: right because you can't change the color of your skin right like you know i mean a white person can get tan but you can't you can't change the color of your skin i mean i guess you could but i mean it it, that's but but then what the thing is like michael jackson right um that's a whole other subject um but um but it's it's is it talked about like, is, is there ever like a conversation about this talked about in your community?
1: Yeah, we, t- we talk about it. Um, not much, you know, mm-hmm. we don't talk about this much, but, you know, if you get a group of people who, um, you know, are interested in talking about intellectual co- topics, this might come mm-hmm. up, um, especially with me being lighter skin. Now, the thing about being light skin also is you get called names as well. Oh, really? <laughs> Oh yeah, high yellow. Oh, uh, white girl. Um, all kinds of stuff. But for some reason, it doesn't come across the same.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, red bone. It's a Mm -hmm. whole thing. So you get called names either way. But for some reason, I don't know that it had the same impact as when people call someone with a darker skin. So we do talk about those things. Um. But I don't feel as if me as a lighter skinned person am deserving of anything better or more. Like, I wouldn't put myself on a pedestal and say, well, you know, I look this way and so I should get that. That's not even a conscious thought, uh, the privilege that goes along with it. Uh, Mm -hmm. But there is a privilege that goes along with it. And that's something we talk about. Um, what type of privileges are out there because sometimes the color of your skin can affect your income and whether or not you're acceptable in certain arenas uh, whether or not you'll be followed in a store um, whether or not you'll be considered for a crime that all plays into color as well
0: Wow, so I'm assuming the darker you are, the more you have to deal with those things exactly,
1: yes, because um there was a a study that was done i i I don't know you probably know about this one where they took the baby dolls they uh-uh. took... okay, so there was a study that was done where the baby dolls were presented to black girls and it was called it was called the the clark doll experiment so black girls were shown this doll they were between the ages of seven and nine and the white doll and the black doll were placed before them and then they would ask the little girls simple questions like which doll is prettier Mm. which doll is smarter Mm. which doll is bad um, wow, which, which doll looks like you? So per, overwhelmingly, the black children chose the white doll as good and prettier. And they even chose the doll that was white that looks more like them, even if they were black children or they were all black children. So mm-hmm. understanding that this particular psyche is ingrained Early on, that light is better, dark is bad, and so we're fighting this whole battle with the rest of the world. but you know this thing was it exists well beyond our time on this earth. That's for sure, and, yeah, and part of it I wouldn't say this is all of it, but part of it was back in the times of slavery. When they would separate black, like dark-skinned black people with white-skinned dark people, light-skinned dark people were more acceptable working in the house. Mm-hmm. And dark-skinned people were placed in the field. So there was this animosity that was created between dark and light people because black people in the field felt like the ones in the house were been given more privileges than them so the whole uncle tom thing that people talk about all of that is a part of that it's a part of what was ingrained in us yeah so it was placed in us it was taught to us and then it was played out daily by Black people in the in the big house, you know, they had to wear clothes that were acceptable for white people to see. So, Mm -hmm. their clothes they were clean, you know, things like that, because that they didn't they couldn't be offensive to the people they were working for in the house. But when you're out in the field, you're working in the sun all day. Your clothes didn't matter, things like that. So, it is definitely something ingrained into our psyche about white good black bad
0: wow that is just so powerful and let me ask you this if you're my assumption is okay so if you're lighter skin and you're working in the house your chances of death are less or getting punished or you know abused is less because you're you're doing something different, chores or whatever. Does that make sense?
1: That yeah. question. It makes sense. It makes sense, but the fact is that at the end of the day, we were pretty much considered animals, all the same, Mm-hmm. Used, yeah, um, to be um bought and sold and things like that. So the privilege only went so far. So right. we we um, maybe they did. Uh, Get a few more things. Maybe their chances of dying were less. Not sure about that. But the fact is that yeah, at the end of the day, we still got the leftovers. Everybody, all the black, all the black people got the leftovers. Mm -hmm. We had to come up with ways to create our own food out of the throwaways, light and dark. So yeah, it only took you so far.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And like you said, the end of the day, you were still treated like an animal I am my dad died last March and he loved history and genealogy and all this stuff and he has books of our family genealogy of back when they lived in Louisiana and um, South Carolina and things and you know my family owned slaves and it's it lists like the price of, you know, some farm equipment and then a price, you know, of a small slave child. And actually her name was the same as my daughter's name. It was so crazy. But, you know, the, the child costs less than the farm equipment.
1: Yeah. So, like I said, our value was only so much. Um, so, but we've carried that on into today's times. Uh, not only with... What white people may think about us, but what we think about ourselves, which is the unfortunate part, because at the end of the day, we all are in this together mm-hmm. trying to crutch, scratch, and climb to where it is that we want to be. But it, yeah, color doesn't really matter about that. We're all trying to figure it out. <laughs> right,
0: right, right. Do you feel, I mean, I don't, Do you feel like there's more, there's more issues with racism and colorism and all that within your own culture, or do you feel like it's more white people or people, other races being racist against
1: African-Americans? No, I think it's other people being racist against African-Americans because even though my sister and I are light and dark, Mm -hmm. we understand that we both have the same struggle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not exactly the same, but the struggle that we're all going through—that's the same. Yeah. And so, through it, how you use your particular privilege to be able to gain some type of advancement. Um, The whole goal for me is wherever I go, I'm taking her with me, Mm -hmm. regardless of what color she is. Because to me, we're all in this together, and we're only stronger if we do this together.
0: Right, right, right. I am, um, you know, working as a nurse practitioner in mental health. I get students frequently and I had this student um, a year or so ago and she was um, from Pakistan and she actually was like, you know, escaped her family and came to the U.S. with like no money and was disowned by her mother and all these things. And, you know, I was hearing her story and she was talking about all the, um, you know, racism and things that she faced when she came to the US, you know, they assumed she was a terrorist and all these things. And I asked her about African-Americans and she said in her country, they're taught, and this is just her experience, but not saying all Pakistanians, but in her culture, they're taught if you're walking and you see an African-American come in your way, you cross the street and you walk on the other side.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Which is astonishing. I'm like, that is just astonishing to me. I, I, it just, it ma- to me, it makes no sense. You know, like I, I'm not walking on the other side of the street unless you got a gun, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you're my mother, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um I, so it's just, it's, that is just not the world I live in. And, you know, I know I'm kind of a Pollyanna and things like that, but it's just um, it's just astonishing that someone, now she doesn't do that today, but it's just astonishing that a group of people who are also, you know, marginalized and all these things, like, it, it feels that way about other races. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the interesting thing is my daughter, she told me a story about when she went out this past uh, New Year's Eve. They went to her and her white friend, a uh, male friend that she she's dating um, went to an Asian club. Mm. kind of A hip hop kind of trendy club that they went to. Mm-hmm. And she says, mom, I didn't even know how racist Asians are. Ra- Asians are racist? I was <laughs> like, what? And she's like, yes. She's like, they looked me up and down when I came in, and she said I did a text with my friend she said I would go up to a particular area where a lot of people were up dancing and I would go up there I told them watch when I get up there as soon as I get up there they're going to leave and he's like nah that's not going to happen but she said she went up sure enough she was up there maybe a couple of minutes and people just started walking away so she left, went back and sat with her friend, let him fill back up. She says, watch, I'm going to do it again. She did it three times. Wow. Because he didn't believe that that's, that was the reason why they left the dance floor. So he had an eye open moment, mm-hmm. right? Like, I cannot believe that people would actually do that because he actually cares about her. He actually knows her. He, mm-hmm. He's like, a person. why would people do you like that? So he really did not understand. And she's she's a lighter skinned person too. So mm-hmm. um, that's what I mean by we still have the same fight, even if even if you're light skinned or dark skinned, we still have the same fight that we're going through. We're still mm-hmm. African So yeah. It's just, it was just interesting, I, and when she told me that, I was like, I hadn't even thought anything about Asians being. You know, yeah, or, <laughs> Asians weren't
0: even on my radar. Now they
1: are. <laughs> I didn't think anything about that? Because yeah, I, I guess I didn't even think that they had any, that strong of an opinion about us because we mm-hmm. have any like conflict, you know, or anything like that with yeah. Asians. As far as I know, you know, we haven't. So yeah, <laughs> it and I know
0: that um, you know you've experienced um, a few maybe co-workers black co-workers who are I don't want to say anti-black but they don't believe in like the black lives matter and those kinds of things does that piss you off like when you have to deal with that
1: and I know who you're talking about so Mm -hmm. it is so difficult we we have come to a point where we can't talk about Politics. Me and this particular person, we are two people. We can't talk about politics or anything to do with race. And then when I hear him talking to other people about, you know, black people, it it just it just sets me on fire because I know this person didn't come from a privileged background. So it's not that you don't understand the mm-hmm. problems of, you know, what's going on. He completely understands what that looks like but still doesn't believe that black people are marginalized um his rationale is you know i i made my way this far on my own so if black people just put their minds to it they could too um mm-hmm. and 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 to some degree hard work and you know doing being your best self and putting your best foot forward will take you places it will we'll get you places you trying to go but is it it doesn't change the fact that there's this this doorway that you you can't just open the door you have to constantly kick and kick and kick and uh-huh. kick in order to get in so people who do make it like obama is not the rule he's the exception so mm-hmm. that's what this person doesn't understand Is like yeah you made it but your experience is not everybody's experience. You know, you, your barriers are not everybody's barriers. Everybody has different things that they're facing and trying to deal with, um, trying to be Black in America. And um, you're an exception, not the rule. Look mm-hmm. around, Take a look around and see how many of you there are. It's not a bunch. Right, right. But there's not a bunch. And I happen to work in a place that's very diverse. Mm-hmm. This place is, is very diverse. we got all kinds of people where I work from all uh, countries. Yes. And it's nice to see. Yes. But it doesn't mean that that's the way it is everywhere. For everyone, right. Mm-hmm. Nice to someone else's experience, just because you are able to get to where you are, that's, I think, is very unfortunate and short-sighted.
0: Right. And he's making a lot of assumptions
1: a lot of assumptions about, and I'm not even going to go any further with that. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I, there's a lot I would like to say about this person, but I can't. Yeah. I get it. Uh, but yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think like with me, like my assumption, it ha- used to be years ago it was like, you know, you know bl- all black people all think the same. And I tell you, I was working at a psych hospital. I was back in my like early career of being a psychiatric tech. There was an African-American nurse I worked with. And I said something about the word, the words African-American. And she goes, I don't like being called that. I'm nothing like those people referring to Africans. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, like, and I never got a chance to ask her what she meant, you know? And I think that there's an assumption that, You know, that you guys are all in it together and you're all, you know, connected together and it's not true.
1: No, it's not. So (laughs) Africans and African-Americans, two different groups of people. Yes. Um, So there's this divide that has happened where I don't know if it's true, but this is what I've been told that Africans... Sometimes feel superior afri- over African Americans,
0: mm-hmm.
1: as if they are the stronger people, the wiser people, and they, ch- the African men. Really, I've heard, I've heard this myself. I've dealt with several Africans talking down about African American men and how they are not this or not that, not hard working. They're lazy. They're this, you know. Mm-hmm. So saying a lot of derogatory things about African-American men. And then when it comes to Africans dating African-American women, Mm -hmm. uh, typically it's because they think that African-American women are easy. Wow. What they want from them and really not interested in marrying an African-American woman. Um, and like I said, these are things that I have heard from African men that I have known. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, there are some couples that there's an African-American woman and an African man. They do exist. But there's like this general idea that African Africans are better than African-Americans.
0: Yes. And I actually, I didn't even know that was a thing until a couple of years ago when there was basically like a race war, you know, on my unit between staff, African and African Americans. And I tried to stay out of it, like the drama, you know, and, but it got so bad. Like I had to step in and, um, you know, get, you know, people involved and stuff, because I was getting anonymous letters from staff, all kinds of staff about, please help me. Like, this is what's happening. This is, I'm being treated like trash, you know, Mm-hmm. um so that was an eye-opener for me you know and actually it was really the first time I really even got what Black Lives Matter meant because I just kind of like oh, okay you know okay and then I really understood what it meant during th- that because they were being targeted you know from you know after some of the couple of the African staff and it was going on for a long time and also the term micro like microaggression and micro racism like that was something I didn't really even know what that was but you know those kind of things like we're an African we'll ask an African American staff member is that your real hair like just bluntly ask like is that it like it's just so rude like you know or that'd be like someone coming up to me going are those your real tits you know
1: Mm -hmm. yeah maybe it's kind of (laughs) like
0: I mean that's the way it feels it's like you know are those your real tits so it's just these blunt because so like you were we were talking about in our last episode like you you don't mind people asking you questions as long as it has a purpose and it's authentic you know that's to me asking me if my tits are fake or not or is that's not authentic like what well, that's just mean you know
1: yeah. that's, that is a microaggression mm-hmm. it, so um and they happen all the time and so they're so subtle, it's hard to kind of pinpoint them and say this is what they did to me because it was so it's so subtle and so supposedly innocent that but you know the intention behind the question. Yes. So you know what this person intended to do because it's the way they say it, it's the way they approach you, the fact that they never talk to you ever except for this particular moment. You know, you know that this is something that was supposed to be derogatory. Mm-hmm. Anything about it? Because, well, I just asked you what your hair was like. Yes. Then you start getting gaslighted.
0: So it's just like my mother. It's just like my childhood. Like the narcissist mm-hmm. gaslighting you. You know, asking a, a question that has no meaning and no purpose. You know, and then you say something, and then you're like being they. What that what that does is creates confusion, and you
1: go, "Am I crazy? Yeah. did, did I? Okay. Am I being overly sensitive here? Is that what this is? And so you do question yourself when you know what you saw, you know what you felt. Right? Right. You it, but it does make you question. So mm-hmm. yeah, the battle that was going on um, between the African Americans and the Africans was senseless because no one is better than anyone. We're all no. here, to, we're here to do a job. All of us are here to do a job. And so it just creates a lot of I don't know, confusion and problems that are unnecessary mm-hmm. whenever you put that dynamic into a room, any workplace, any anywhere, any home that's it's mm-hmm. just like Yeah, and
0: also what was interesting part of that story was uh, that also there was like this gender roles thing happening too, like the female staff would get, you know, the cafeteria doing, and why the men just be the male staff would just be you know doing the easy job of checking on a patient so it was like it, that was interesting too I was like man this is going on <laughs> you know
1: oh, yeah it, it's, it's a lot it's a lot and it takes a person to be very um, tactful in how they deal with that because it could create even more problems if they a right. particular group feels like they're being picked on Mm -hmm. By or administration even only the ones who were kind of poking the bear um they can cry I'm being picked on because I really didn't do anything um I'm just doing my job this is the assignment I was given you know all these things you can make a lot of excuses for it Mm -hmm. something that we have to deal with unfortunately we have to deal with it Mm -hmm. what um you were
0: talking about your your daughter dating a white boy so I know you you I know you I know your heart and everything but is there what is kind of the general feeling about like when you know African-American males date like white women is there any sort of like jealousy or animosity about that
1: yeah it is because black women have a shortage of men I don't know if you know this oh no no I didn't know that oh my gosh um Let's see career black women who are educate, educated well educated um have their own you know whatever, have their own car have their own house they there's a shortage of the type of man that they feel like they would need to join them in their um in their life to be able to be, kind of match them at their level mhm their level, so really, there's a shortage of men i mean you think about it we have so many of our men in prison. Yes, who so have either been in prison or still in prison, so they have a record. They're not able to go to college um, if they because you know you can't get grants if you got if you're a felon. Mm-hmm. Um, go to college, get good jobs. You know all these things, and so the man that this woman would want, he might be. Um, a nice guy, he might be kind, caring, and giving, but he's not her equal, and so, so it makes it difficult to date. So when they see a black man who has done well in life and is on the rise, taking care of his house, buying his woman whatever it is that she wants, you know, whatever they've decided, I think it creates this sense of Why is it that the man who is on the rise chooses to be with a white woman rather than a black woman who's got all the qualities that he says, with the exception that she's not white, like she's um, kind, she's loving, she takes care of the house, she's working, she brings, you know, she takes care of him. Why is it that that's not good enough for you? Because black men have actually said, you know, I want to be with a white woman because she's a trophy um she's better black women are mean uh Mm. are uh, hard to be with um and you know some of that might be true with some women but you can't put that on all black women right because that that could be true with white women too but that's not really talked about that a white woman is difficult or um won't let him do certain things or sexually Mm -hmm. right because they they consider, I've heard um, Black men say that white women will let them do whatever they want sexually. So they prefer to be with a white woman. You know, it's just all these reasons and excuses why you would choose a, a white woman. And Black women are on the sidelines saying, I stood with you when you were, you didn't have anything. I stood with you whenever you were trying to, you know, get up and supported you, cheered you on, was there. And then when you finally get up and you get where you're trying to go, you don't choose the woman who supported you to get there.
0: I mean, it sounds like a total betrayal.
1: Exactly. So that's what it feels like whenever you see a Black man with a white woman, especially if he's a Black man that's actually accomplished something
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and is successful. Um, Because now that Black man can, you know, treat a woman really good take care of her make sure all of her needs are met and i'm over here a black woman and i can't find a suitable mate because there aren't many of you out there wow
0: that is just so oh my gosh that's that's just man there you could go all ways with that that is do you feel like more black women are dating white men yes that's what i said so me too because i'm like when i see that i smile i'm like oh you know
1: yes i see it so much like my daughter in particular she chooses to date, date white men because mm-hmm. she's um she says she doesn't like black men because they're they're like rough like they'll yeah. say, come over here big head let me see you or you know yeah endearing fashion but she doesn't like that
0: that's so funny. So, you know, I, I was talking about in the previous episode that I usually my predominantly date African-American males. And it's because my experience with dating white guys, you know, they're just and this is not all white guys. Don't come from me, white guys. But I think part of it, too, is when they're white, I'm trying to heal my father wounds and it never works out. They turn out to be alcoholics or whiny or psycho you know, like trying to break up with them and they're like following me in the car, you know, like, you know, really what they really want to be with me, you know, and, um, and my, you know, childhood theme programming is like, you know, I was never protected. And I just always instantly feel protected when I'm around a black male and even black females, like, like if I'm out doing something like going to the DMV or something and, you know, there's paperwork involved or there's an issue or something. When I see a Black woman come, staff member come, I literally go, oh, everything's going to be okay. Really? Like, yes, I instantly, there's been so many times where that has happened, where I just go, there she, I literally go, there she is, finally. I, there she is. Like, you know, I mean, to me, the color Black represents protection, and I mean, I have all these stones, you know, that are black. It's that's just when I see when I'm, you know, in my experience before with white guys, not all, you know, but it's just um, I, I don't feel that protection that I so crave and need from childhood that I lacked, you know, yeah. and there's just this sense of presence, you know, that um, it's just this quiet presence. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's very interesting.
1: Yeah, I think I was upset with her about that, though, because I felt like she was choosing something based on race. And I don't think it was just because she didn't like their approach. I think there was something in her that said that being with a white guy was better. Mm. The way she could be rich. Yeah, a pedestal. A pedestal, yeah, I just felt like that she was choosing that for the wrong, yeah. right. because yeah. she intentionally seeking out white partners, and she would say really mean things about the black guys who tried to date her, and there was one in particular that I actually liked, and I was like, why don't you like this guy? I mean, like he brought us like a big giant thing of toilet paper during the pandemic, <laughs> mhm. Mm-hmm. He brought us toilet paper and paper towels. Nobody <laughs> paper, paper towels. And some Kleenexes. <laughs> he brought us all of his stuff. And, you know, some black guy, young guy. Yeah. I, mean, I don't like him. You know, I was like, well, you know, what's wrong with him? I don't know. He just bothers me. So I don't know. I just thought her motivation was a little skewed. And so mm. I kind of was upset by that. I wasn't upset by the fact that she was dating white men. But I just felt like she was doing something similar to what black men do. Yeah. So putting these attributes onto a group of people that you are not paying attention to the fact that that's not all white guys. And just like all black guys are not going to be rough. and Right. You know, that's But she was dealing with boys, too. And as I'm trying to tell her, you're dealing with boys. So it's not just that it's black guys are this way. These are boys that are this way. This is how boys act. They exactly. The things exactly. they they do dumb things to try to attract the females' attention. And what they know is to say, get over here and grab you and put you in a headlock. That's the way that they uh, <laughs> try to let you know that they like them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I wish someone would put me in a headlock right now. <laughs> um, that'd be kind of fun. Um, anyways, I'm, you know, I'm newly divorced, Adrian. Leave me alone. Um, so um, that's just, that's so, and we, and it also too is like, we, we don't even, sometimes we don't even realize like unconsciously we're searching for this, this thing, this happiness outside of ourselves. when it's, you're going to be disappointed a lot because the thing that you're looking for is actually with inside of you.
1: Yes. And so choosing a partner definitely shouldn't be based on I think what color that person is. So if, if if I were to meet a white guy and he I've never actually dated a white guy, just putting it out there. Oh okay. good. If I did meet someone who was interested in me and we hit it off, like conversation wise, um, our values match um you know all we have a good time together we're physically attracted to each other yeah I would date a white guy
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's not because he's a white guy it's because of all those other things yeah exactly
0: would you date an Asian
1: <laughs> uh that would be a tough one um <laughs> just because I don't think they would date me uh, yeah <laughs> I don't know I don't know if I would I've never even considered it so yeah If, like I said, if the person that presents themselves before me was genuine, was interested in me, um, we have the same values, we get along, we have goals, you have your stuff, I have my stuff, you know, you've built your own little empire and I'm building my little empire, we can get along like that. Then, I mean, I don't think, and I'm attracted to you, I don't think that I would let race stop me.
0: yeah. yeah, I wanted to ask you back to something that you said in the previous episode. You you mentioned that black men are really struggling right now. What did you mean by that?
1: Well, it's 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 really tough because jobs, um, being able to understand their own mental health and emotions, um, having the connections they need to be able to get the advancement that they need, um, just with life uh, the biggest thing is not being able to establish yourself as the head of household mm-hmm. income to be able to provide for your family that is damaging to a man's mental health when they're not able to provide right hurts them and it and it goes on and on until they finally um, are able to. Or they just succumb to it. And sometimes people go to crime and to mm-hmm. to, to get up, you know, to get where they're trying to go. Um, sometimes they just give up and take the menial job and just kind of exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sometimes they'll put it, you know, put their their uh, the metal to the pedal and start working really hard to build their own business. But it's very difficult for Black men in this economy. Um, it's more likely that a black woman will be hired over a black man in a lot of instances because black, a lot of times black men are seen as threatening. So uh, okay, when it comes to getting a job, uh, black women are a little more palatable sometimes mm-hmm. the because they feel like um, that's safer than hiring a black man. So you got your woman, your woman goes out and she makes X amount of dollars um well over what he thinks. And then he goes to get a job and maybe going for similar jobs and he can't get it. Mm-hmm. He has to take the lower paying job and deal with that. The fact that he's not the breadwinner. And and you know, the whole gender roles thing, you know, I I understand that that's um that's one of those things where we have to reevaluate gender roles, but at this point in time in life, men still feel like they need to be the breadwinner. They're right. Having,
0: Right, they, and another another thing, like I've realized about men is like they want to help. You know, like they they're doers, they're action takers. You know,
1: right. And if I'm out here a woman and I'm making the money, I'm making all the moves, I'm I'm making all the decisions. Yeah, it's, it's my money. Um, I, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's my money. Yeah. I make decisions. You don't get to tell me what I. Do. How are you yeah. going to help me? I got everything I need. And so, what are you going to help me with? And so that right there, and, you know, that's, I'm in that, I'm in that position, <laughs> I'm in that position now because I have my own money, I have my car, I my house, you know, mm-hmm. so get someone else into my life who um, may not make what I make, you know? Mm-hmm. It would be hard for me to take a step back from myself. <laughs> I'm just I'm right,
0: just, right, 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 right. And so, it, I mean, it sounds like the black man has gotten lost. And is that is that from slave day? Like, what is it? What happened? Did after slavery, you know, quote unquote, ended? Was there some sort of smear campaign, like with protests against the black man? Is that where does all this? That the, I mean, you know, you see current news about, you know. You know, police and black men and things like that. But where like where does this all come from that this the black man has gotten this reputation that they're aggressive and dangerous?
1: Um that's a good question. that, that is a good question because I I can't even say it's just from slavery. Um because they put a lot of effort in subduing the black man because they were strong. Black right mm-hmm. black- strong and physically strong, run faster, hardworking, all these things. And so there was a lot of effort put in to make sure the black man knew his place. Wow. So that he didn't challenge the weaker counterpart. So because can you imagine a slave owner who hasn't worked? Mm-hmm. To a fight with a black man who's worked in the field all day long. Yeah, yeah, well, he, uh, he he knew who was going to win that fight. Yeah, so that had to be um, wiped out. We have to get this out. We have to make sure that they don't challenge us because if they do, there's a good chance they might win. They might overtake us, and that's that wasn't going to be acceptable. So. I don't know, I really haven't formulated a full opinion as to where that came from or why it still exists today. Um, But I know it's there. There's this fear of Black men. It's like fear of them harming someone, stealing, because of course they attribute that to all Black people, but it's just like really strong, a strong feeling towards Black men. That they're the ones who are not honest and more likely to be the one who takes something, or even if that's not true, there's this thought process that that's who it is. I mean, who are they gonna check? Who, who do they check? They don't hardly ever check me walking out of Walmart. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> my male friends, they uh, need to see a receipt as you go out. so why? Why is it my receipt? There's like ten people still walking past me, but my receipt is the receipt you need to see. Yeah, and- it sounds like assumptions
0: that have been ingrained all over, all over, like in every you know race, community, culture. You know, that's the assumption that's been ingrained in on both sides, and it's like exactly why? Why have you ever asked when they check your check your like friend, male friend's receipt?
1: Why are you asking? This is just, I'm just doing my job. This is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have something that's not in a bag. I have to check. But as we're watching baskets go by with people who with things not in a bag and you're not checking, it's just like, okay, you're doing your mm-hmm. job. You're not doing it very well because it's like a ton of people who are walking past.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and um that's you asking that question?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'm they're just... like,
0: oh, here comes the angry black woman
1: exactly bingo because i am protecting my black man mhm trying to make sure that he knows i got his back i'm here for you and that's why it feels like a betrayal when you say you don't want to be with a black woman
0: yes i completely i completely get that so what do you think is the solution to some of these things
1: oh the, the the assumptions that you're talking about are so ingrained into every aspect of the black experience. It's hard to even know where to start breaking that down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So first of all, we have to recognize within ourselves who we are. Right. Um, Who do I want to be? And then I think if we recognize who we are, then you start connecting yourself with the like-minded people. Mm-hmm. people Building that community to say, instead of tearing each other down, we're going to start building each other up. hmm matter of fact, I just had a meeting with um, like 17, 18 other Black women who ha- all have businesses. Um, and we were being introduced to each other because we're trying to form a network of people that you got this business, I got that business, or you need support with this, or you're trying to start your business so that we can be a support to each other, be a positive influence in each other's lives. Mm -hmm. All these other things, all these other assumptions get in there and take away what we're trying to do. We want to build, we want to grow. We want to come together because we need each other and then once we once we get ourselves together, we can tackle the the bigger problems that we have um, that are outside of our race: the racism, the microaggression, the the um, hiring discrimination, um, you know all those things that affect us, um, both our mental health and our financial wealth, we can start to tackle those together because we can't do it individually. One person all by themselves can make a difference, but we need each other if we really want to change the world. So I think that's a start. I don't know that that's going to totally eradicate it, but us coming to get, recognizing ourselves and then coming together, I think that would make a huge difference in the quality of our lives.
0: Uh, I completely agree when I started um, this whole journey like something that I wrote down that it's now my my own motto that I've created and trademarked. um, Without we there is no me.
1: Yeah really isn't. So um, we (laughs) like right now right now we're coming together to discuss some really tough topics that that people don't always want to talk about, especially people who are not black, wow. right? Because if it doesn't affect them, what's the problem? You know what? Yeah. what are you complaining about? We had a black president. Hmm. Uh, yeah.
0: Right. Exactly. They and also too, you know, and that's their childhood programming. Like some people feel uncomfortable. Like some people will feel uncomfortable asking questions in general, but um. You know, um, I, I I like asking questions in a meaningful, authentic way, and um, work. I love what you said about it starts with yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. It starts
0: with yourself, and then you build from there. And it's almost like from what you were saying is like instead of trying to prove what something is not, you just prove what is.
1: Mm-hmm. And what is I'm worthy. I'm hardworking, I'm a good mother, I'm a good person, I'm intelligent, I can speak on my own behalf and I can speak for others. You know those are the things that I am and um, if you if people have other assumptions about something else about me that's their problem Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna keep building on what I know I am. Because I can't change other people's minds. I can't go in your mind and change it and say, no, this is not what I am. Mm -hmm. All I can do is show you. So don't believe me, then just watch me. I like Bruno Mars. Don't believe
0: me. I I love that. Well, I appreciate you having this conversation. I I really like this. This was a good, deep one. This is real deep. I like it. Um, And being so, like, just honest about you know, all of it, and allowing me to ask you these questions, because it's just, when we don't speak, and we just have things in our mind that we've just uh, developed an assumption, there was no proof, you know, we just walk around, but when we start asking these questions, you know, it really starts, we start questioning our own beliefs that we were raised with, that are, whether they're true or not, you know, and most things are not true.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of the assumptions are not true. If you get the the true story of what's going on you'll be like oh oh that's not what I thought at all it's because you were assuming something that based off of um limited information all you had was what my color was I'm a female I'm this tall you don't know me the person so you are going on a lot of assumptions if you don't talk to me that is for sure yes Yes. Well I
0: love you. Thank you so much for talking to me. Um we're gonna be doing this again. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye bye.